And within that, there are lots of micro decisions that have to be made, including things like what emissions are included, what subsectors are included, ultimately what metric do you want to use for your target, etc. Welcome to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast featuring conversations with leaders of the energy transition, hosted by Smart Energy Decisions founder, John Fiella. In each episode of Smart Energy Voices, John digs deep with industry movers and shakers to reveal insights you can learn from in their stories, personalities, and visions for the future. All right, let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Smart Energy Voices. I'm John Fiella. If you haven't already done so, we'd really appreciate it if you take a couple minutes to leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Today, we're very excited to share the opening keynote presentation from the inaugural Net Zero Forum, which took place in September, featuring Beth Wataez, Net Zero Strategy Executive for Bank of America. That's responsible for developing and delivering the bank's environmental strategy to reach net zero before 2050. In this talk, you're going to hear all about Bank of America's approach to net zero framework and how they're building a robust strategy and transition plan that covers operations, supply chain, and their financing activities. One quick note, as this recording was taped at our event, It sounds like it was taped at an event, so it's not going to have the same kind of resonance that our normal episodes have. But there was no way we were not going to share this great content with you, the Smart Energy Decisions community. So please enjoy Beth's presentation. Here she is. In early 2021, Bank of America committed to net zero, and this target covers our operations, our financing activities, and our supply chain. And earlier this year in April, we rolled out our approach to zero framework. And so you'll see here there are five key pillars, and we're going to walk through each of those today and what they mean. So first and foremost, starting with assisting our clients, and this is really our focus on creating new products and services to help support clients as they transition, as well as, of course, our investment in climate solutions. Advocate really is focused on certainly our engagement with policymakers, but in particular in driving some universal standards within our financial sector. Analyze really focuses on our commitment or our efforts to bring in a variety of data points and transform those into decision-useful information or metrics. Align is really where we're going to be building and continuing to build our net zero transition strategy, but it is also specifically our commitment to set milestone targets that align to the latest climate science. And then finally, a test is essentially our commitment to disclose our progress annually. So diving in a little bit more to assisting our clients, in addition to our net zero target, which is, of course, 2050, we also have a $1.5 trillion target to mobilize capital to, towards the UN Sustainable Development Goals. 
And one trillion of this is specific to the environment. So we tend to think about these two goals as being supplemental to each other. And then, of course, as you can see here, we're developing a variety of innovative climate solutions for our clients as when it comes to products and services. And then we ourselves are beginning to invest more and more in some of those solutions as well. So things like sustainable aviation fuel, renewables, and then carbon capture, hydrogen, etc. The other thing I would note here, as you can imagine, we're a very large financial institution and we have thousands of bankers who are interacting with our clients every day. So really educating our bankers is really important to us and our success in reaching our net zero target. So we have developed something called an ESG college internally, where we continue to expand the education for our bankers to really help them be able to assist their clients. So moving on to advocate. So I think as everybody knows, we are a global financial institution. There are increasing regulatory requirements and expectations that we're managing towards. And of course, we continue to engage with those policymakers. But what I figured I would discuss with you today is really more around what we're doing to drive some consistency and how we're thinking about this across the financial sector. So the first thing I would note is, you know, the bank has been calculating emissions and disclosing them for actually two decades now. And that said, across all three scopes, there hadn't yet been a methodology that was universally accepted within the financial sector to calculate the emissions associated with our financing activities. There had been attempts over the years, but nothing really came together until 2020. And that's when the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials really gained traction, and now I think has over 300 financial institutions that have signed up to use the standard. We are a core member, so we've been able to help kind of develop and shape the methodologies along the way. And to date, there is now a methodology for business loans, for project finance, listed equity and bonds, commercial real estate, and then consumer real estate, as well as consumer auto loans. There is work underway right now to develop a methodology for capital markets activities as well, and we're continuing to participate in that. So from there, we began to have a standard to quantify emissions, and then the next really component is how do we actually then reduce those emissions? And so last year, we helped found the Net Zero Banking Alliance, which sits underneath the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero which is an umbrella organization that brings together all aspects of the financial sector. So you have Asset Owners Alliance, Asset Managers, Insurance, and then financial services providers. And so all of that is under one umbrella, working towards kind of similar, credible transition plans. And within the Net Zero Banking Alliance, they provide various guidance for us as to how we should go about developing a net zero plan. And we'll talk a little bit more about how that has influenced our strategy to date. The other thing I will note is the Sustainable Markets Initiative. Our CEO co-chairs that alongside his now Royal Highness King Charles III, I believe. So that, that may evolve. He may have some other folks getting involved now. But this group is really focused not only on climate, but also on nature and does provide additional guidance for net zero transition plans for our sector as well as many others. So from here, that's where we get into analyze. So I think everyone's probably very familiar with greenhouse gas emissions, of course. 
I would just mention that Bank of America achieved carbon neutrality in 2019 for our operations, and we continue to maintain that as well as continuing to drive emission reductions. We've been setting targets for our operations now for 15 years, and we do have a 2030 target, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But then you get to scope three, and so we've been calculating all the relevant emissions for us across most categories, except for 15, which is financed emissions, as we typically refer to it. And of course, for the financial sector, this will be our largest category of emissions across all three scopes. So diving into what this actually means for the financial sector, and in particular for Bank of America. So we are in the process right now of building internal models to do these calculations. And as you can imagine, there, there is a tremendous amount of rigor and governance that goes into building any kind of system internally. We are following the PCAF methodology and have started with our business loan portfolio. And so when you're looking at this particular equation, this is one that is specific to kind of general purpose business loans that we would provide our clients. So absolute financed emissions is calculated by taking that client's utilized financing, so the debt that they are actually using from Bank of America, and dividing that by the client's enterprise value, including cash. And so that's important because that essentially means their total you know, capital stack or total debt, essentially. So we're taking our attribution of that and then we multiply that by their relevant emissions across all three scopes. And that's how we come up with our total kind of financed emissions number. And this is really important because this is what our net zero 2050 target will be based on, is these kind of absolute numbers. And we're going to talk more about kind of target metrics and some of the other things that we're doing from here. Okay, in 2021, when we announced our net zero target, we also announced our 2030 targets for operations and supply chain. And so just to hit, hit a few high points there, I would say within operations, within our zero carbon electricity target, we actually just signed our largest PPA to date, which covers 17% of our global load. So we're very excited to have that under our belt. We also, within our supply chain, you'll see here, if you can read it, that we are planning to assess 90% of our vendors when it comes to ESG, and we are actually now engaging them and encouraging them to set either emission reduction targets or renewable targets. We also recently announced a sustainable aviation fuel target where we're committed to having Sustainable aviation fuel certificates essentially cover 20% of our total fuel used for business travel. And then, of course, that leads us to our financing activity targets. So we are in the process of setting those targets. We've announced our first three, and I'll walk you through those details here on the next slide. But I would also just mention that under the Net Zero Banking Alliance, we are required to set targets for a significant amount of the kind of listed or key sectors that they have identified. And those sectors include energy, power, cement, metals, commercial real estate, residential real estate, transportation, and agriculture. So we're in the process of working on our next targets now, but we're going to walk through what that actually means 
than how we went about doing this. So this was, a, I would say, a tremendous undertaking, partly why you haven't seen me in three years, because <laughs> we've been very busy gathering the data to one do these calculations. Of course, I didn't get into this, but there are a lot of clients that still aren't calculating emissions or in particular are not yet calculating scope three emissions. And as you can see from that first equation, we need that information to set our targets and really monitor progress for ourselves as well as for our clients. But within the Net Zero Banking Alliance, I really would, in, I would explain it as it provides guardrails for us to go about setting these 2030 targets. And within that, there are lots of micro decisions that have to be made, including things like what emissions are included, what subsectors are included, ultimately what metric do you want to use for your target, et cetera. So I'm going to walk you through each of these and hit some of those key decisions that we made. So the first target is the auto manufacturing sector that is specific to those clients who manufacture light-duty passenger vehicles, so trucks and cars. You'll see that it's a 44% reduction from 2019 to 2030, and that is an intensity reduction, and this covers scope 1, scope 2, and scope 3.11 for these clients. That's so often referred to as tank-to-wheel emissions, end-use emissions, essentially the emissions from the combustion of that vehicle for the lifetime of that vehicle. So that is what is included in the boundary of that target. Then we move on to energy. So for us, this target covers essentially upstream oil and gas, so the producers, the refiners, and the integrated companies. We have two separate targets here. So we have a more aggressive scope one and scope two are operational target for the oil and gas sector, and that is because there are specific decarbonization pathways for scope one and scope two, as well as for scope three for this particular sector. So we applied those specific pathways to arrive at the scope one and scope two target. And that's essentially because there is a lot of great work underway within the oil and gas sector to reduce those operational emissions and a lot of opportunities and solutions for them to do that. Whereas scope three, obviously this is again set on scope 311 or in-juice or combustion of that oil or gas, and that has a lot of other factors that would certainly impact progress towards that target. I would note the midstream and the downstream portion of the oil and gas sector are not in this particular target, but they are part of our net zero target and boundary. They're scope one and scope two emissions. Then that leads us to power generation. And so this particular target covers scope one carbon emissions. It is a 70% reduction on the intensity. And again, this is just for those clients that generate power. So kind of moving down through some of the other key decisions that we made. So this particular target uses committed financing. So that's essentially you could think about it as a line of credit that's extended to a particular company in these sectors. This is what's been commonly used across our peers in setting those targets and helps to reduce some of the volatility that a utilized type finance loan would have. We also use the International Energy Agency's net zero emissions 2050 scenario to set our targets. Our own net zero target is a 1.5 degree by 2050 target, and so we needed to use a scenario that aligned to that. And this particular scenario offered us the level of detail that we needed in order to set these targets. 
So from there, it gets to what's the metric. So this metric is quite different to the equation that I spoke about earlier when it comes to our absolute finance emissions. So these three targets use something called a weighted average physical unit intensity metric, and that takes the client's relevant emissions for that year over that client's physical unit production, and that gives us that client's actual intensity for that particular year. Then we multiply that by the client's committed financing divided by our total committed financing for that sector. And that gives us a weighting. And then those are summed by client to give us our baseline for those individual targets. A few other things that I would note here, these targets are based on our business loan portfolio at this point or committed credit. This will evolve. We have committed to incorporate capital markets activity as the methodology is finalized by PCAF, as we often call it, the Partnership for Carbon Accounting Financials. The other thing I would note, you'll see that we mentioned carbon offset use. This is something where the guidance is continuing to evolve. But for a financial institution, when we think about these financing activity targets for 2030, we intend to incorporate the use, a client use, of carbon removal offsets as we work towards these 2030 targets in line with kind of the science and the scenarios. And if we are able to collect the data that we need in order to conduct due diligence on client use of these carbon offsets. So there's a lot of kind of what ifs for us to be able to do that, but hopefully over time we'll be able to collect that data, and create a system that allows us to review those purchases. So lots of micro decisions. One thing that I would note is that, of course, my team is leading kind of all of this net zero work and the work to set these targets, but is done in partnership with the lines of business. So they are involved in all these various decisions that we're making, and that includes these industry leads, um, so those bankers. Also, all of these decisions go through multiple layers of governance and review, all the way to our CEO and our board. So these targets were approved by the CEO and by our board of directors. So we stay very busy. <laughs> and then that brings us to a testing. So we are committed, as I stated earlier, to report and disclose on all of this information on an annual basis. We currently follow the Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, or TCFD, guidance. We also incorporate guidance from the Net Zero Banking Alliance, as well as, of course, the increasing amount of regulatory expectations as well. We have internally governance, and we have an ESG Disclosure Council that has to approve anything that we disclose. We also third-party verify all of our metrics. And in fact, our TCFD for this year will be coming out in about two weeks. And even our financed emissions metrics and targets, et cetera, were all third-party reviewed as well. And we'll continue to do that year over year, hopefully as we begin to see some progress. I would also mention that within the task force and climate-related disclosures document that we're going to put out in a, a couple weeks, you'll start to see more detail built within this framework around what is our net zero transition plan, and we'll continue to evolve that over time as we build really robust systems to what we call kind of manage to these targets. And so while I walk through two key metrics right now, we will continue to evolve these metrics to really provide more valuable information to 
our lines of business to in order them to understand how clients are doing within these sectors compared to their peers and being able to monitor that progress and understand you know, what trajectories are these clients on? What targets have they set? How does that compare to our targets? So there's a lot of great work underway right now. And again, this is done in conjunction with those lines of business, so those bankers. With that, John, I can probably invite you back up. I would just, again, reiterate, there's a lot that we're still doing. We're still getting our arms around this, but we're we're on, I think, the, the right track here. And, and certainly, this is why you have not seen me in three years. <laughs> Thanks, Beth, for kicking off the inaugural Net Zero Forum. And we look forward to following your success and progress as you lead the Net Zero efforts at Bank of America. I'd also like to thank you, our community of listeners, for listening to Smart Energy Voices and being part of our community. If you enjoyed this episode of Smart Energy Voices, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and tell your colleagues and peers about it. And to learn about how you can become a part of the next Smart Energy Decisions event, click on the link in the show notes for more information. We're honored to have the opportunity to share conversations with leaders of the energy transition in this podcast, on our website, and at our events, all in the interest of helping you make smart energy decisions. Thanks for listening to Smart Energy Voices, an SED podcast. Digest the insights from today's episode and take action on the ideas that have inspired you. Join us every Friday for conversations with smart energy leaders. To keep up to date with trends and happenings in the energy transition, visit smartenergydecisions.com to register for our daily newsletter and become part of the Smart Energy Decisions community.